1: It's time for WEEI late night with your Friday night host, the hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com by Reed's Ferry Sheds and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing and Acting. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould's clothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett.
2: I can't
3: give, no, like you're in a bunch of hypothetical situations, and I'm, I don't know what those hypotheticals are, so I'm not going to get into that. So try
4: not to ask hypothetical.
3: Uh, it's, it's hypothetical. Like, here we are today, we're practicing for the Jets, it's Thursday, getting ready for the Jets, like that's where we are. So anything that happens beyond that, I mean, it's not current. I'm not going to get into it. As helpful as I can be. I mean, come on, man.
4: Oh yeah, there's a party going on, and Uncle Bill... Just threw the water all over the coals. Good evening. Friday night, late night with Jim Hackett. Welcome, everybody, sports radio listeners all across the WEI Sports Radio Network. Appreciate you listening. And we're going to get it right into it. i uh, got the great Ben Charleston along. So uh, I must be in the varsity now, Ben. Good to have you alongside. Um, welcome. I wanted to kind of set the stage for the show to start this off. And i got to tell you, like I'm glad... I'm actually glad I wasn't on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, or Thursday night because I'm just starting to cool off, but I'm not cooled off enough that I want to like, get away from this thing. I am a 20-year season ticket holder of the Patriots in my lifetime. I've said many times, I've written many times on WEI.com how grateful I am for what Belichick and Brady during that time brought here to me as a Patriots fan lifelong, go, you know, well over 40 years following the team. But this is garbage this week. Belichick hit a new low and i'm not breaking any news here in terms of his attitude and how he addresses the media and his surliness but his his angle in trying to keep, you know, information away from his opponent and all the obfuscation for every edge that he gets i get it i get it there's a better way to go about it and when you're not winning when you're 3 and 4 and you have that abomination that you had monday night against the lowly chicago bears and you go out of your way to derail your quarterback, obstruct him, put obstacles in front of him in a, in a critical year of growth, impede his growth, retard his progress, and then you're surly about it and you get worse and worse every question that gets asked. Shame on you. There's got to be some accountability for Belichick, okay? It, it, it was, if you were of the mindset and I have been at times over the course of the the 18 great years of success that it was a little bit cute in the press conferences every once in a while when you were going 12 and 4 13 and 3 14 and 2 17 and 1 winning super bowls you could tolerate it but let's be honest folks it's been getting tired for a while it's been getting tired for a while i've been tired of it for a really long time and if you do the math since brady's left and you include last year's absolute abomination of a playoff loss at the hands of the Buffalo Bills, just better from top to bottom. They're 20-21 and under Belichick since Brady's gone. Okay? And I'm not one of these guys who says that Bill can't do it without Brady. And I'm not one of these guys who says it's all about Brady. It was the perfect collaboration. It was John Lennon and Paul McCartney for almost 20 years, and it was great. But the facts are the facts. 20 wins, 21 losses, including the one, Visit you had to preseason, and of course that includes the Cam Newton year, and it includes the three and four record this year, and it includes the blowout loss. But it is what it is, as Bill Belichick would say. So I'm going to throw something else back at him. Last week I put a column up on weei.com. I was going to follow it up today, I didn't get a chance. But basically it was a question for Belichick: What's best for the team? What I want to talk about tonight is let's go back to that. What's best for the team, Bill? Because to me. You say it all the time, and those words have never been more shallow. They've never had much meaning anyway, but they've never been more shallow than now. Because what you did to Mac Jones on Monday, A, with the awkward decision that you made, how you went about communicating it, how it's been communicated about with very fair questions coming your way all week long, has been gross. And... It can be gross, and it can just be something that your way and your personality and the way that you treat people, which is very indignant, by the way, at least publicly with the media, when it's your mantra that everyone needs to do their job and do their job well. Hey, they're asking you questions that are fair, that need to be heard. They're just doing their job, too, but you don't allow them to. And all the while, that's all fun and games, and that's all great. Okay? Whatever. But when you do it, and you basically derail and impede your number one draft pick from a year ago, who you started to build a foundation around, not good. When your attitude starts it starts affecting and impacting negatively your own players, the feeling in the locker room, scuttlebutt starts to surface. This is what losing teams do. And if you add it all up since Brady left after the 2019 season, which was forgettable, we all remember, 10-6, and 6, home playoff loss to the Titans, ended in a pick six. From that point on, you're 20-21 and under Bill Belichick. And as I said, I am an appreciative, grateful Patriots fan during this era, and I do not believe it was all about Tom Brady. I think Bill Belichick had a lot to do with it, including drafting and grooming and teaching Tom Brady all along the way. But the facts are the facts, and it ain't good, and it hasn't been good for a few years. And I go back to a conversation I had recently with a friend who was, you know, we're talking about Bailey Zappi in the last, you know, two and three quarters games before, uh, before uh, the Bears game. And, and add in the first half, he was great. What is it about Bailey Zappi? Why is everyone going so crazy over him? And, you know, she actually had a great point. She goes, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot to be happy about with the Patriots. And when he came in against Green Bay and did so well, that was fun. And then when they came back the next week and they beat the Detroit Lions at home, that was fun. And then they went into Cleveland, they beat the Browns, and that was fun. And I think people got kind of swept up in it all because it was finally starting to become fun again in New England. But what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Because Bailey's happy is nothing great. He's done his job. You know, they gave him they gave him the playbook. He operated it. I do think the offense operates a little bit more quickly and more swiftly and obviously a little bit more effectively since he's been in. We'll get into that later in the show. But back to that point, the energy that was created about him, what does that tell you? Because before that, the other thing that was probably the thing that we got happiest about was on draft day in 2021 with the 15th pick with a lot of defensive people that you would think Belichick would go to they pulled the trigger. They went and got Mac Jones. And people were excited. And he won 10 games his first year. You know? It wasn't so great at the end after the Indianapolis loss and then the blowouts to Buffalo and everything along the way. But hope was on the horizon. But if you take that out, hasn't been a whole lot to cheer about around here in terms of, in terms of Patriots Nation. And you can point it all at Belichick. He asked for it over the summer. He said, it comes to me. All right. It comes to you, Bill. Time to start getting accountable. I would say it's time to start being accountable. Because since that playoff loss last year, when Josh McDaniels took the head coaching job for the Las Vegas Raiders in February, hasn't been so good since then under your watch. Okay? You had an opportunity to go get Billy O'Brien, who was the offensive coordinator here for a bit in between the first stint of McDaniels post-Weiss and then after. You know, and and that's a professional offensive coordinator. That's a professional football coach with acumen on the offensive side of the ball. He wasn't my favorite when O'Brien was here. I thought Brady fed it to Welker way too much, overfed him, and I think they got a little bit in a rut around that 2009 era when O'Brien was running it. But it'd be better than, than what you have now. And I don't mean to I don't mean to besmirch Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. I've picked on them a lot. A lot of people have. They probably are pretty decent coaches, but the reality is they're new in their role. They're new to offense. There's nothing on either of their resumes that says anything about offense. And I've said it here. I said it here last week. I think Patricia, in recent weeks before Monday, has actually done pretty well. They're learning on the fly. But let me ask you this, WEI audience, and feel free to weigh in at 617 779 Let me ask you this. Is the end of October the time to be still fiddling with things? Bringing in Joe Judge to manage the quarterback, something he's never done. The only stint he's ever had overseeing the whole thing was an abject failure in New York. And look at what happens one year later under Brian Dayball. Five and one, looking good. A lot of young talent on that team getting better than they were the year before. Can't say the same thing here, can you? Last year, Mac Jones, 10-7, and going to the playoffs. Does he look better to you? Under the tutelage of Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and Bill Belichick at the top? Hell no. Hell no. He looks confused. He looks lost. He looks frustrated. And these aren't self-inflicted wounds. These are Belichick-inflicted wounds by not supporting him and surrounding him with the people that he needed in a critical year of growth in year two. It just isn't there. It just isn't there. Now, Fast forward, could it get better with Patricia, Judge, and whomever they add? Yeah, that's in, that's in the range of outcomes. But right now, you've got to be worried about where the Patriots stand. And I'm looking not just at Sunday against the Jets. The whole season and what comes afterwards. Because your biggest chip, your greatest asset is Mac Jones. Now, you might be 70% sold on Mac Jones. I'm probably like somewhere between 70 and 80% sold on Mac Jones. I, I'm not convinced he's the answer. But make no mistake he's your best chip at least going into this year he was your best chip coming off of last year in a 10 and seven season and a little playoff loss in the first round he was your best chip no doubt about it now they had a good draft this year like the draft this year but he's still your best chip and they've done nothing not only have they done nothing to help him and support him and help him grow like they did Tom Brady They really helped his growth, didn't they? He grew into the greatest to ever do it. And that wasn't my expectation for Mac Jones. But not only did you not help him grow, you got in his way. You put obstacles in there. From the moment the training camp started, all the way through the preseason, through the first three games, into that abomination Monday night, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, Bill? What were you thinking? If you weren't ready to have him in, Then don't play him. Rather, ride the momentum of Bailey Zappi, who's playing pretty well. And then if he trips over his you-know-what, then you bring in your starting quarterback, and he looks like a hero. That's how you do it. You don't make him half-pregnant and put him out there for three series with a playbook he's confused about, and then let him fail and strip him out in front of the nation, in front of his home crowd, to a a bunch of cheers for his his, uh, backup. Bad plan. Bad job, and it got worse Monday night after the game, and all week with the comments about it. So we're gonna. The lines are starting to load up. When we come back after the break, we're gonna take Sean and Marshfield first, talking about Patricia and Judge. I'll get to the rest of your calls six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can also mouth off. On the text line at 37937, Jim Hackett, late night. We're going to trend. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and take your calls and talk about this mess that Belichick created with Patricia and Judge and what the hell happened on Monday night. What did he do to Mac Jones?
2: You put in the hours. The energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port Chicago, Illinois.
1: We're back to Friday night with the hacksaw. It's Jim Hackett on WEEI.
4: There's something going on in New England. He's pissed them off. This is a real thing. I know it. Florio knows it. Mm. I don't know the exact details, whether
3: he talks about the coaches behind them to the Kraft family or he talks about the two new offensive coordinators to Belichick. There is an
4: issue there. There is. I mean, there's a part of me that the game really that I would go, ooh, they called those plays with Mac Jones and they put Bailey Zappian and they called the. You know, some, I want to be like, were they setting it up for failure? Or what what was going on there? Yeah. The whole thing was just un-New England-like and weird to me. Yeah, it does feel a little bit uh, un-New England-like, doesn't it? Jim Hackett, Friday night, late night. Thanks for joining us all over the WEI Sports Radio Network. That was Chris Sims on his podcast. Probably heard that a little bit earlier in the week. Look, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's what I believe. Now, some of that is uh, some conjecture there. Now, ben, you were in with Mutt you know, for a few hours. I heard Mutt use a word I was preparing to use tonight, which is sabotage. You know, I think it's a pretty strong word. Mutt said the same thing. That's kind of what Chris Sims is intimating there, that there's some sabotage because there's some bitterness there. There's some questioning of the emperor that the emperor, Bill Belichick, doesn't like in talking about his minions with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Okay, maybe there is some of that. But are you that thin-skinned after all this time and all this success in New England? Are you that thin-skinned that you can't handle a couple, hey, why are we doing this? I think we were pretty effective last year, Coach, doing this. These things don't work to my skill set. Now, look it. If Matt Patricia wants to enter some things into the equation, getting the ball downfield for 50-50 balls or the zone... Uh, run scheme that they tried in the preseason and in training camp that was an abject failure, if those things lend themselves, if the tweaks you want to make lend themselves to the skill set of your starting quarterback, your personnel, then, yeah, go for it. But they're not doing that, are they? They were successful using um, play action last year with Mac Jones. They've used it 10.8% of the time this year versus 31.6% with Bailey Zappi. And he's shown you when he he goes for those deep passes. It's not that he can't throw the deep ball. He can. He actually gets a nice little bit of loft under it. It's the style and the voices that are in his head from all this conflated information about what they want to do with the offense. It hasn't been a fair fight, folks, for Mac Jones. And it's all about what Belichick did and didn't put in front of him with Judge and Patricia versus the nurturing he got with Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh McDaniels is gone. I'm not crying to my soup about that. But well, let's be honest, you didn't replace him with a professional offensive mind that was geared and skilled in helping Mac Jones make the next step. You retarded his progress. Sean in Marsh Vegas wants to weigh in on Patricia and Judge as well. Good evening, Sean. How's it going? I'm good. I'm, I'm pissed, but I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, I, I totally disagree with you. Good. Bring it. Patricia and Judge are former head coaches. So they can coach both sides of the ball. They were they were failed right. head, Sean, Sean. Hold on. I'm going right. to like, like, let you speak. Miserable failures as head coaches, Sean. Miserable head, feel, uh, head coaches. But go ahead, right. make your point. But obviously somebody thought they were good enough to be head coaches. That's why they gave them the job. But that's the thing, Sean, and with Belich- the Belichick tree. You got I'm going to let you finish your point, but let me just interject here if I may. Um, and I've written about this for years on WEI.com, the brain drain out of New England has been really significant, okay? So what happens is when you have success, what does everyone want to do? What does everyone say about the NFL? It's a copycat league, right? They want to get a bite of that success. Okay, so the most marquee people in, in an assistant coaching staff are the coordinators. And Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick. That carries huge cachet. Huge cachet. You know what I mean? The same thing happened with Eric Mangini, oh, yes. Romeo Cronell. You know, it, it, it's it All doesn't, just right. because they can coordinate doesn't mean they can be head coaches. And because they can coordinate on one side of the ball, doesn't mean they can do it on the other. Well, you had McDaniels. Let me, did Mac regress by the end of the year from the beginning of the year? Yes, with he, yes, the he did. a great
3: offensive coordinator.
4: He did. He got worse as the year went on. He did. The, the whole team did, though, Sean. In fairness to him, I'm not looking. I'm not absolving him. I said at the top, and you probably heard it because you called in. I'm like somewhere between seventy and eighty percent sold on Mac. I'm not fully there, okay. And the first game where he really took a step back, the team, I should say, last year after the seven-game winning streak. Remember what? Yeah, you know, they were in first place. Yeah. They, they were. They were teed up for the uh, for the for the number one seed in the conference. Remember that. And I was in here on a Saturday yeah. with Nick Fitzy Stevens, and we were having ourselves a pregame party. We were all excited, and they went and got smoked, and they got shredded on the ground against Indianapolis. Remember that? And then that's when, yes, that, that's when the wheels started to fall off the wagon. So, yes, you're right. Matt Jones did regress during that period of time, but the whole team did, Sean. You know, Matt Judon was, a, was an all-pro level player for nine weeks, and then he disappeared. You know, J.C. Jackson wasn't making the plays. Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, they looked they looked like Vince Wilfork could have be- beaten them in a 40-yard dash. Slow. Indian Buffalo. Buffalo's running backs aren't great. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, they're not great. They're pedestrian. Singletary's having a good year this well, year. But they ran right through him last year. It wasn't just Mac Jones on offense, Sean. The whole team faltered, right. oh, you know? How many times did you say last year, I don't know what they're calling for
3: plays. Why does he call that play? Why did they call that?
4: Not often. Not me. I'm a believer oh, in McDaniels.
3: Oh, every game.
4: Every game,
3: people criti- did nothing but criticize Josh McDaniels' play call.
4: Yeah, Sean, I appreciate and that. now but all the...
3: of a sudden, it just switched to the
4: new guy in the block. Yeah, that's not me. I, I, I think McDaniels is one of the top three coordinators I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's a, in a fan's nature to question the offensive coordinator every time things go wrong. Um, this is a bigger conversation about Matt Patricia. Okay? And I said, I said last week, I said the week before. I think he's gotten a little bit better. Okay? I think he's gotten a little bit better. But that doesn't mean that they've set up their quarterback, the person they pinged as starting quarterback, the person that they invested first round draft capital on 2 years ago that they set him up for success. What do you I, think about that? I, do you think I, they've I'm set telling do, you think, you. do you think they've set him up for success, Sean? This year, be honest. You don't, well, you don't have you don't have to be a Mac that's Jones the most fan. Success you have. Oh, I'm not a Mac Jones fan. I can tell, but you don't but, have to be. But do you think they've set him up for success this year? Well,
3: you make your own success. I mean, look at the quarterbacks who've had garbage for
4: coordinators and head coaches and still performed. Who? I mean, it's Who? Who? Give me one. Oh. Give, give me someone hey, who's gonna garbage I- Who? who Peyton Manning, hey, man, he didn't have garbage, coach. He had the more talent. I appreciate the call, Sean. He had more talent around him than any quarterback that ever existed. He had great coaching, and he had great weapons around him. You kidding me? Come on, Peyton Manning, give me something. Give me some. You're going to throw a Hall of Fame quarterback on me who had nothing but consistency his whole career in Indy? Come on, please. Can't give me that. I appreciate the call. I'll debate all night. If you, if you're, if you're not in my camp. You're not down on Belichick. That's fine. That's fine. I am down on him. I'm down on him. self-inflicted wounds. What do you think? 617-779-7937. If you need some evidence of where these self-inflicted wounds are, I, mean, I really want to talk about the last few years, post-Brady. It hasn't. There hasn't been a whole lot to cheer about. The two things you've had a chance to cheer about, three. I'll give, I'll give it three. Four. Mac Jones being drafted in 2021. And everything that came with that, a seven-game win streak, a 10-7 and record last year, a trip to the playoffs, a failed trip to the playoffs, but a trip to the playoffs. And this past year's draft, this past year's draft is pretty good. But again, not perfect. Cole Strange, I like him. He seems like one of these guys that could be on the offensive line, Ben, and to all you guys listening out there, for 10 or 15 years. He just has that feel. That's great. Could have got him in the third round. It's a waste of draft capital. Also not sexy. Not sexy at all. You know what I mean? And it's Friday night. We need to have sex appeal on yeah, a Friday no, night. Like hey,
1: <sighs> lineman, yeah, he's going to be your anchor for 10, 15
4: years, like you said. But yeah, first round, like you'll look back at, like, wow, this draft was great. Cole Strange was a great player. Yeah, but night of, you're like, what is he doing? Of course. Like, Let why, me. Why are we? Why am I getting speed? Why are not we getting like a weapon yeah. on the outside? Let me ask you this: Do you like Mike Onwenu? Yeah, he's been good. He's good. He's solid. Right since his rookie year. Yep. They got him in the sixth round. Okay. S- same position, different side of the line. All right, so look it. You can get guards later. He had third-round grades, okay? But, again, I like the player. What I'm saying, I'm bringing this point up that even what's making us happy in the last few years with Belichick post-Brady isn't perfect, you know? The 2021 draft, pretty good. Mac Jones, although your coach might have just, you know, completely derailed him. That's still up for debate. We're going to learn a little bit more on Sunday. Barmore like him a lot. Ronnie Perkins? Incomplete. We don't know yet. Ramondre. Great pick. Cam McGrone. We haven't seen anything yet. So, again, not perfect. You go the year before. Kyle Duggar. I like. The rest? Question marks. Josh Uche. Anthony Jennings. Devin Asiasi. Dalton Keene. They're gone. The kicker, Roarwasser. That worked out. The best pick in that draft, other than Duggar, I'm Wenu. You got him in the sixth round. So, look at Those are the highlights, guys. The last couple drafts are the highlights. Finally feeling like you had the quarterback position stable after the offseason, after the 2018 Super Bowl win, where you knew because they didn't offer Brady a multi-year contract at that time, it was going to come to an end. And then invariably did come to an end. You had to suffer through Cam Newton for a year, and they went and got Mac Jones. Bravo. But a year and a half later, what have you done? You've completely derailed him. That was bogus this week, bogus, not the way to handle it. And let's talk about these press conferences and this this communication, okay? Accountability. If I'm the crafts, let me just, I'm I'm not the crafts. I wouldn't be working on a Friday night if I was a craft, okay? But how do you think they feel after after not only a game like that, a post-game press conference like that, a week of media pressers like that where it just got worse and worse and worse? snowballing. It was Belichick at his worst, and this is not a strength of his. What he's brilliant about in these things is his obfuscation. His brilliance is, and I'm not going to give my opponent anything. But he's become a caricature of that, hasn't he? Now he doesn't give anybody anything, not that he ever really did, but it's worse, and it's with a worse attitude, and it gets worse and worse and worse by the question. Whereas, if you just kind of answered the first one, You wouldn't have to answer 17 machinations of the same one and get more and more frustrated and get everyone angry. You don't have to do it that way. And I'll give you an example, Bill. How about Tom Brady? Tom Brady was here for almost 20 years. He was on this station in Morning Drive for, what, 18 years, 19 years? He probably said 10 memorable things. One time... Uh, Minahan and Callahan got him to talk about his, uh, his situation with Guerrero. That was great. That's the most we ever got out of him, ever, anyone, ever. It's the most honest he ever was. Other than that, there's probably about 10 nuggets in 20 years. But we, did he ever off-put you? Did he ever seem like he was being indignant or not giving you something that you could at least sink in, you know, answering the questions in the way that he can without giving anything away? That's an art form, and Bill Belichick has lost his way on that. And that's okay, I guess. Maybe even if you're 10 and 7. Certainly if you're 14 and 2 back in the day. But when you're 3 and 4, and you're 20 and 21 over the last three years since the Golden Childs left, I'm not so sure. I want more. I'm a shareholder of this team. I've invested a lot of my time and money into this team. I'm investing it right now. I'm not a happy shareholder. Let's see what Mike and Newton thinks. Mike, good evening.
3: Alexa, turn off. Hey, Jim, I wanted to uh, kind of echo some of your points on Bill Belichick. Um, anyone who's followed the Patriots for any length of time, and I know we have for a long time, yep. uh, just the absolute arrogance of Bill Belichick in some of these press conferences. It's a
4: great word. It's which, the right word. Yep.
3: What, what, it's absolute arrogance. It's a farce for him to even have them. And why does he have them? Why does he have them, I mean, other than maybe he's required to?
4: That's it. That's the answer.
3: Because, because he doesn't, not only does he not like, provide any insight whatsoever, it's just like, are you so insecure as a 70-year-old football coach that like, has the second most wins in NFL history that you have to play games? Like He obviously knows. That there are several deficiencies with 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 his team that he's ultimately responsible for, and I'd like to go through a few of them.
4: But yeah, list them out, Mike. I'm I'm yeah, I'm yeah. hanging on by a thread. I love where you're going.
3: All right, all right. The uh, the offensive line is in absolute shambles. Uh, missing David Andrews this week is going to be terrible. Huge. I mean, that, the, you know that the blindside hit that that guy in the let I forget the guy's be many. It, all right, it, I, I like David Andrews. That's a huge loss.
4: He's the anchor of the he, – oh, right. he, he's the soul of that right. line. He's the soul of that yeah. line. Yep. Yeah,
3: so then you go to the right tackle position. Isaiah Wynn is basically apparently checked out. I don't know. I don't follow social media, but someone said he took all his Patriot stuff off social media. So, all right, he he's done. He's a first-round pick that's basically wasted, which we could have had Nick
4: Chubb instead of him. You could have had Lamar Jackson um, twice too, Mike, and they could have used yeah. him, you know?
3: Right. Oh, was that a quarterback that you would draft? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I just—it's just incredible. So then you go on to the uh, the left tackle position, John Brown and uh, Brown. Uh, Brown, I don't know. He's—I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was just out, you know, outmaneuvered or psyched out by uh, by Quinn. But I, f- I find it interesting that Quinn just basically played himself into a new job. Yeah. By in, by being traded by the Bears. Um, the other thing, then you go into. Uh, the, I think people focus on the quarterback position in football. That the people that don't know anything about football only focus on the quarterback position. Yep. It's a very important position. It is the most important position in sports. But Mac Jones, yeah, the way he handled Mac Jones the other night was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, you know, you know me from my calls in the past. Yep, I like Bailey Zappi. I would rather have Bailey Bailey Zappi out there. However, he did a total disservice to Matt Jones. A hundred percent. He just basically, he basically just threw him to the lions. I mean, it may as well have been the called the old Roman Coliseum. He just threw him to the lions. Yep. Bill Belichick is in over his head and you cited his statistic, him without Tom Brady. He's not a very good coach. No. And we saw this back. I mean, you know, he really, he has no track record. And the track record is getting worse now that he has. I mean, uh, we assume that he liked Mac Jones, that he drafted him 14th overall. Justin Fields, I mean, just ran all over the Patriots' defense. And the other, the, the last thing, I, I know I've taken up some time, Jim, but I just want to say we've talked about in the past the defense of the Patriots being slow. Yep. Holy God, yeah. are they.
4: Slow. They can't get a mobile quarterback, Mike. They can't get they.
3: They are they are so slow on defense. Like who's going to mean who who is going to tackle anyone? I mean, Judon was good, and then a, they started some stupid package the other night against the Bears that they didn't they didn't have Judon on the field, and I think they didn't have like Bentley or or Dietrich Wise on the field. And it's like that defense is so slow. I'm sorry, it's only going to get worse. They're going to lose to the Jets. Why are they a two and a half point favorite? No I, idea.
4: Uh, that's call, that's I called free up money.
3: up and Fourier last week. You know, I called up Marloni and Fourier last week and uh, was basically laughed off the year by Lou Marloni, saying, "Why are the Patriots an eight and a half point favorite?" And they're just like the arrogance of Patriots fans is 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 the reflection of Bill Belichick's arrogance. Why are Patriots fans arrogant? This team's terrible. Yeah. and I'll leave you with that. They're they're going to lose to the Jets, and this this season's going. The season is going south, Jim. I'm telling you right now, you brought up the Crafts. Mr. Kraft has to, you know what, he has to wake up and do something. I know he just married someone who's half his age. Why doesn't he grow up and, you know, strap on a set and actually tell Belichick that he sucks? I think it's coming, he does Mike. suck.
4: I think it's coming. Thanks for the call. Good stuff from Mike and Newton there. I mean, cogent points. You know, you could feel, I, I feel like I've tapped into that energy here. And I know not everyone's going to agree with me, and that's fine. But I think most Patriots fans are kind of had it up to here. I'm holding my hand over my head because this is radio. You can't see my head or my hand. Getting a little frustrating out there, Pats fans. 617-779-7937. Lines are lined up. we got some calls already. Text line 37937. Where are you, where are you on the Patriots? And where are you with Belichick? Huh? Is he doing what's best for the team? More after this. <sighs>
1: Right back to it. Friday night with the Hacksaw
4: on WEI. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio, WEI. I'm Jim Hackett. It's late night Friday night. Taking your Patriots calls at 617-779-7937. Lots of calls early so far in the first hour. And it's all about Belichick, guys. It's all about Belichick. Tough week for the Patriots. And it's, not, it's less about what happened on the field, more about why what happened on the field happened. Um I've said this a bunch of times. He's just coming on now. You know, very grateful and thankful for everything Bill Belichick's done since he got here. Okay? Times are different. Times are different. Standards, you know, need to be met. He ain't meeting them. It's you know, in A performance. B the personnel decisions he's making with the lieutenants he's surrounding himself with, the hiring of loyalists I'm not saying Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are bad guys or even bad coaches, but they're they're Belichick loyalists. They're in his tree. Brought him back. He's got him in different roles. He ain't helping. They ain't helping Mac Jones. That's for sure. And what Bill Belichick did with the way he went about his decision on Monday night certainly didn't put Mac Jones in a position for success. I think he's been derailed all year, much of which not to his device. So I disagree with the fellow in uh, in Marshfield, and you know I'm just not psyched about it with what I'm seeing with Belichick. And I got a lot of stuff to cite from the day that Tom Brady walked off the field, the Super Bowl winner in 2018, to current day, it's not so good. And since he's been gone in 2019, they're 20 and 21, 20 and 21. And the smartest thing that they've done is prioritize quarterback, which they did with Mac Jones with the 15th pick in the 2021 draft. And I ask you today, Do you feel better about Mac Jones now than you did a year ago? Hell no. And why? It's not just on him, guys. It's not just on him. Second year quarterback. Needed some development. Didn't need wrinkles that he wasn't expecting that don't play to his strengths. I'm all about wrinkles. Wrinkles are fine. Fine with wrinkles. No problem. Have them cater to your personnel, your players on the field's strengths. It's not happening. It's not happening. You can see it on the field, and maybe maybe some of these things, like getting the ball down the field, can play to Mac Jones's strengths. But the way they rolled it out, whole new you know ideology. It's not a new scheme, but there is a new ideology about how they want to play. It's in his head, and you think if it was in his head going into the season and the first three games before he got hurt, then he sits down for four weeks and they put him in and yank him after three series. Now they weren't good series. Granted, as a fan, if you want to win that game, kind of thinking they should make the switch myself. But I'm not the head coach. I'm not the one responsible for protecting that first-round asset, protecting what right now is the future of my offense and my leadership on the field, at quarterback. Bad job, Belichick, and an even worse job communicating it. we got some calls lined up, and we can take them. 617-779-7937. Where are you on Belichick? I'll tell you where I'm at. You've probably gotten the sense. I'm not happy. And it's not just about the surliness, the obfuscation in the the press conferences, which to me is pointless. You can be polite. You can say a little something without saying anything that your opponents are going to get. He's just become a caricature of himself. 70 years old. You should be, like, softening, you know? He's not going to get less stubborn at 70 years old and soon to be 71 next year when the next season rolls around. My point is this. It's not getting better, guys. It's getting worse. It's getting worse on the field. Now he's damaging his players with his words or his lack thereof or his communication. And you've heard it for the last several months. Do you remember when Matt Patricia was interviewed about how they communicate? I was talking to Nick Fitzy Stevens about it. I was more confused after he spoke than with them before. The headphones and hearing the voices and this and that. Streamline it. Make it easy for your players. The one player they have made it easy for was Bailey Zappi. Belichick was on his bare knees talking to him. Protect the ball. We'll take care of the rest. Where's that mentality? I'm not saying you have to put him on training wheels on Mac Jones like you do Bailey Zappi. But you got to help him out. And you most certainly didn't do it this week. And so where are you now? Where are you now? Where are you now? The Jets are in playoff position. They're home. They're foaming at the mouth for you. Foaming at the mouth. The last time they played him, didn't the Pats drop 50 on him last year, Ben? I think the Pats dropped 50 on him. You think a guy like Robert Sala forgot that? Looks like a pretty competitive guy to me. He's jacked. He's fiery. He's a defensive-minded guy, which means he's tough, gritty. You don't think he has that Jets team ready at home? Patriots are limping in. Their communication's off. Publicly, I'm hoping internally it's better. Not so sure. Watching Mac Jones Monday night, not so sure. He didn't look great coming on the field. I'll tell you that. And that's just part of the problem. I think Belichick's eyes aren't quite on the ball. Here comes Ben. I do. Yep,
3: I do. As a, as a defensive
2: coach, yep, I do.
3: What, 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 what do you
1: remember? <laughs> I remember the score. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the score. I remember, uh,
3: I remember a lot of things. You know, I remember it being 40 plus, and you know, and shots still being taken on us. You know, and, and uh, it is what it is. We, it's our job as as a as a defensive coaching staff and as a defense to stop that. So, um, at the end of the day, it comes down to what we can control. And and uh, we allowed way too much last year. And um, been looking forward to this one.
4: Yeah, I bet he is. That's good stuff. That's the defensive coordinator for the Jets. He remembers. They remember, guys. They remember. And you know what? I know Belichick's had a lot of fun picking on the Jets all these years because his dead horse Rolodex is endless. It is deep, and it is endless, and it's hard to get out. And the Jets are still firmly in there. But you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You drop 40-plus on a a division opponent. You're going to play twice a year, and they start to improve. A lot of good draft picks. That defense is looking pretty good. Now, the Jets, unfortunately, are a little bit, dinged up on offense i want to see the full compliment i want to see how the patriots stack up a and b as a lifelong patriots fan and jets hater belichick could use a little humble pie i think because the patriots are ripe they've got a disenfranchised to me at least delusioned impeded derailed starting quarterback confused i'd say unsupported Going into hostile territory, and those fans, they can't wait to sink their teeth in. Now, they don't have a stake in it, but they can make it noisy. They can make it uncomfortable, just like our fans made it uncomfortable for Mac on Monday night. But the Jets will be ready. Robert Sala will be ready. That defense will be ready. Will Bill Belichick be ready? Here's the thing about Belichick. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he had a great game plan and they came out and won that game. That's just the way he is. Remember the Kansas City game a couple years ago? You know, uh, when Brian Hoyer came out And they, they had a great game plan That's his strength, that's what he does brilliantly And I'll never ever cast any shade on him for that But the way he handled Monday night And the way he just refused to acknowledge it Create all the smoke and mirrors Blatantly lie about it before and after What he's done to his quarterback 20 and 21 since Brady's left I don't know I'm not happy, and I got more to say about it. 617-779-7937. What do you think? We're going to trend? No, we're not. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back for hour two. Your calls, your texts at 37937. Keep them coming.